welcome back to a new episode of Amy Talks. As you may have noticed, I haven't been making episodes over the last few months, and I'll explain why a little bit later. In this episode, I'm speaking to Rick Caratas, a stage and screen actor and author, whose book Rainbow Relatives teaches children about LGBT plus families. He explains people's reactions to the book and why he thinks it's important to teach children about this topic at a young age. I thought I would take a little time to explain where I've been. I recorded the interview with Rick at the end of February and fully intended to get it published sometime in March. But as we know, the global pandemic of coronavirus or COVID-19 hit the UK and I really lost all motivation to put out a podcast episode knowing that there were so many people dying out there. Then towards the end of March, I got a job at a local supermarket and being an essential worker, I was working 40 hours a week during that time so I didn't have time to do anything else. The job has has been finished for about a month and I've finally got my mojo back to start recording again. So I'm so, so I'm excited to share this interview with you all. Without further ado, here it is. So I'm here with Rick, aka Sudi. Hi. Hello. Hiya. Um so for people who don't know who you are or, or your work, could you maybe kind of sum up what what you do and kind of how you your kind of um background sure yeah and i'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of people that don't know what i do <laughs> but, um i'm mostly a writer i love writing mm-hmm. and i've written um a screenplay well a film called welcome on my prize which is on amazon right now and i wrote a, a book called rainbow relatives i'm speaking to kids about lgbtq families and friends um I, I do a little bit of acting, but mostly writing, um, and uh, sometimes I help other people write their, I adapted someone's book into a screenplay, and I'm helping oh. someone else write his book, so, and I write songs, actually, I have some songs, I, um, someone's recording my Christmas song right now in Nashville, actually, for their upcoming Christmas um, album, and I, I did a video to that last year, so yeah, I love writing, and it's, um, you know, I do side things, too, because it's hard to make a living just from the writing, so... Mm-hmm. But that's my that's my, my passion is, uh, and I'm from New York originally. Oh, nice. I grew up in, yeah, and um, I've been in California though, like almost twenty years or no, eighteen years. Oh, nice. And, uh, nice. Yeah. You wrote a book called Rainbow Relatives, teaching children about LGBT families. What impact do you think it could have on on society? You know, being taught about LGBT families earlier, and because of that, will they become more accepting as they haven't in sort of previous generations? Exactly. Well, I like you use the word earlier, and that came up a lot. You know, I did a lot of interviews with people and stuff, and but it's definitely good to have discussions or with the with kids when they're younger, not when they get older and they form, you know might be influenced by prejudice or things they see on TV. But this generation is already more. I make it, the joke is not joke, but the book, even though it's for adults and speaking to kids, a lot of times the kids don't have any issues. It's the adults that have the issues yeah. with religion and with um you know um all kinds of things and then so definitely it's better to have discussions earlier and then just show by example i mean nowadays there's a lot more families with two dads and two moms and or sometimes there's a whole chapter on when a parent turns out to be gay as well and so all those issues on are on speaking with the kids which that could be a big one because it's probably a divorce and all that and i do have it there's a sense of humor in the book just you know i i like to be lighthearted and all that 
and even some of the chapters show that, like the Daddy Left Mommy for Tommy is the name of that chapter, but obviously there are serious things within mm, that. Yeah. Um, but, um, and again, a lot of times kids don't have issues, but at school sometimes kids, you know, there could be peer um, teasing or this or that, yeah, so there's yeah. some of that kind of stuff. Um, but again, in the schools they have a lot of organizations now, and um, there's also a lot of organizations like PFLAG and, uh, that I talk about in there too, and Collage. I don't know if they have those everywhere, but, well, PFLAG probably, but so those help too to help families and help mm. discussions and um but again it's about just being accepting of all families and all um which yeah and there's a, yeah the chapter on religion is called pray the gay bashers <laughs> away <laughs> and not to bash religions but sometimes the religion will you know use it to go against a group of people yeah. and that's always yeah. not so yeah um and it's funny here um things were making, they were making a lot of progress in all these things where it wasn't as big an issue. And, uh, the last couple of years though, with politics, it seems like it's gone backwards mm. where you know, they're trying to pass laws that go against LGBT or it's, you know, so something's hopefully it'll swing back the other way. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today's families are kind of seen to be quite kind of different. Do you think that's because of um, kind of people being more open with with themselves and kind of how they identify, or is it because do, do you think the kind of societal stigma of having you know two moms or two dads has changed? Like, what what do you think your opinion on that is? I, I think both. I think it's easier to be out and open because of society's opinions have changed. Mm. Almost everyone now knows someone who's gay that's close to them and are friends with them or a family member. Um, there's a lot more. Uh, roles on TV where they're seeing um, LGBT um, roles and, you know, they just like Modern Family and all these other shows. And it, so people feel like they know them better. It's not, they're not like, it's not like this strange taboo thing. It's just, just, they're all regular people and they're just, whatever, you know, reason they're um, attracted to the same sex. It's as simple as that. And, um, so I think that all helps. It's much easier today than it was like 20 or 30 years ago um, for these families, especially mom and dad families. The one uh, area that's still much harder, I believe, is transgender. And I did I, there's a whole chapter on that. And I'm glad I added that because I didn't know a lot about um, that. And, and they transgender people, I think, go through even more. Uh, discrimination and also um, being attacked and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, d so, I def definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, even when the military, you know, here, like, it's oh, they're banned from the military. It's just like they've been serving the military for years, and it's like, you know, they're willing to give up their life for your country, and you're you're giving them a heart. It's just, I don't get it. Like it's And they're, and, um, and they're finally wanting to be themselves, and then they're discriminated of because of that. Right, right. Yeah. And that's what... It, Again, people should be allowed to be themselves, as long as it's not hurting someone else. I mean, obviously, no. if you're a mass murderer, no, that's not going to be yourself. But, yeah. you know, if you're just someone else or in a relationship or whatever, uh, yeah, just that's – so that's um, – and again, kids, I think, get it a lot easier than adults for some reason. But um, just accepting people for the way they are and, and whatever color, whatever religion, whatever um, culture they're from. I mean, that's what's so kind of cool about – Humans is there. We are all different in a lot of ways, and mm. um, so 
So you go to a lot of events with your your book. What is the reaction from audiences that that you sort of present to and speak to as LGBT families? You know, aren't talked about enough. I personally, I don't think. Um, do they? T- you mean do people talk? And um, well, sometimes there is a lot of not talking. In other words, it's not. It's just not talked about. It's not discussed. Like there's a member in the family who might be gay, but. They don't really talk about it. You don't have to make a discussion about every single thing. You can show by example if, you know, um, your uh, Uncle Bobby has, that's his, um, the person he loves, Uncle Pete, and they love each other the same way your mom and dad love each other or, or this or that. But um, there's, um, um, repeat what you said again because I want to make sure I answer the uh, kind of the, so, um, so what I, I mean, had a train of thought, and I just lost. <laughs> so, what I mean is, like, have any audience members that you you kind oh. of spoken to have they ever reacted negatively and saying, "Look, you're wrong," or "I don't agree with this," or, you know, teaching kids about LGBT families, you know, it's too young, or have you ha- yeah. faced any kind of resistance? Yeah. Well, one of the, not too much, which is good, but one there was a Barnes and Noble in the South, I think. And I, I was just doing a book signing there. It wasn't a speak. Some of these are in speaking engagements. Some of them, mm-hmm. I'm just they're buying the book and I'm signing at the at the store or talking to people. And it was a Barnes and Noble. And she's walking by and she sees the thing. And she says, "Oh, what's this about?" And I said, "Oh, it's about talking. To, it's a book on talking to kids about LGBT." And she goes, "Is it? What did she say? Is it progressive or conservative?" And I think I kind of said, "Oh, is it progressive or conservative advice or something like that?" And I kind of said progressive, and she kind of walked away briskly. Briskly, I could tell she didn't quite. And mm. I kind of said, "Well, it's good advice, or whatever." Anyway, she came back a little bit later, and she said, "You know, I was just asking that." I, she goes, "I'm, you know, I have a cousin who's gay. I love him to death, you know, but I don't think it's right to teach kids that it's an okay lifestyle and this and that, you know." My cousin has a husband, and I, you know, I love them. They're great, but, and I said, "Well, they must not feel very comfortable in your house, or what? Why? Well, because you don't agree with, you don't." Uh, think they have a right to be married. She, she, she was saying basically she believes God doesn't believe it. And now you're not going to argue with someone who's telling you they're listening to God. And if you disagree with that, that there's no, you, you can't even have a, mm. a discussion. But um, but it was interesting. But she was she didn't mean harm in a way. She no. says, listen, I, you know, I, I uh, you know, I forget exactly what she said. But because of, again, religion, she was a little bit um, but she said, you know, I, I wish you luck with it and this and that. And, um, but I just think God feels it's wrong and this, and, you know, that kind of, you know, you can't really have a discussion, but it's interesting. Um, at one of this, um, book events that I did in Long Island, New York, a woman asked a question, um, along the lines of, is it a choice? Well, I don't, not exactly that, but I, I said, no, you're pretty much born that way. And, but anyway, she was an older woman and she came up after to get her book signed so she did buy a book and she said the reason she asked that question is her granddaughter had just come out as a lesbian she's 15 mm-hmm. years old and she was having a hard time the grandmother was having a hard time accepting it she just didn't understand it she comes from a generation again where it wasn't as acceptable mm-hmm. but here she was buying the book and trying to understand it so i thought that was really cool and um that's what that's the point of it is to yeah you know um but but not too much, um, you know. I, most again, some people may not feel it's good to tell the kids too early or too young, and that's that's again. Every family is different too, so I don't. We don't give advice in the book. It's just real stories, and um, 
it's not like a scientific book, mm. but just what works for certain people. And if that works for you, great. If it doesn't, you don't use it. Um, I did have one chapter, though, where I talked to therapists and psychologists to get their point of view on some things. So, you know, that helped. What did, um, what, what did they say? Well, some of it was like one guy talked specifically about divorce and stuff, and it's um, and one of them talked about not pitting one parent against the other, especially because if one is a parent turns out to be gay, you know, one parent may try to use that against the other parent um, to get custody or something like that. But also, it's a little bit, you know, it's always hard when parents get divorced. But now you have the added thing of the parent is gay, so it could be embarrassing for the kid at school and this and that. So they they talk a little bit about that and. How to how to deal with that, but it's similar to any you know any divorce. You know, you, you I'm hurt. the kid might feel hurt by this, or they obviously want their parents to be together. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of that's similar. But but yeah, but I have to say, I mean, I went to more, a lot of places. I mean, I did San Francisco, Palm Springs. So those are very LGBT friendly. Mm-hmm. And then in Florida, I think it was Maryland where the, the the religious person. And again, but then there's people that are you know very religious, but they're not. They have no problem with it. They're like, mm. yeah, God loves everyone. And uh, um, I even interviewed some openly gay pastors and reverends, and and uh, the, their ch- churches are, or people who are churches that are very open to all, you know, people and stuff. Yeah. Um. It was, it's funny. There was a Mormon uh, woman who, uh, you know, there was Prop Eight in California a few years back where they were trying to stop. Well, they did stop uh, same-sex marriage, and this yeah. woman had fought. To, to have it stopped because she didn't believe in it. She she's a Mormon and she so she helped you know fight against same sex marriage and then she found out her thirteen year old son was gay and then so she kind of had to pick between her religion and her son and she picked her son and then she Good. became a activist to fight for LGBT rights. So that's that's a cool story too um, because some of them don't they disown mm. their kids over there. Yeah, they think their religion is tough. Yeah, and that's not good. Yeah, that's that's really sad. But it happens. It does, yeah. I saw on Twitter earlier that you submitted a video last year called Midnight Will Be Clear to the Los Angeles Film Festival. What is that video about and what do you think audiences at the festival will make make of it if it's if it's been accepted? I don't know whether it has or not. Okay, yeah. Yeah, thank you. And it was actually just accepted to a different festival. Um, this is kind of funny. Uh, I submitted to maybe four or five just for fun in the video. Mm. Uh, video category and it was accepted to Sunnyside video in Miami and I thought it was I was submitting to Miami Florida and it's Miami Oklahoma so oh. it's uh, but, but I'm joking at least I know where Kansas City Missouri is I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so I don't know yet if it's been accepted the other one but the song is about um, kind of about sobriety it's about a guy who quit drinking almost a year ago as a New Year's resolution mm. and this is the first Christmas in a long time that uh, um he won't be drunk at midnight. Will be clear. Uh, oh. And his favorite song is it came. His favorite song is it came upon a midnight clear. So I use that as the um, starting point. So it's um, yeah. And so in the video, we kind of just made, did a nice story of uh, you know he loses everything because of his drinking, and then he's quit, and it's almost a year, and it, you know um, it shows that his girlfriend has come back to him now, and uh, so it's a really nice. And I had some really good friends help me with it, and. Um, appear in the video and I, I mentioned I think before when I, I mentioned the song before and Adrian Christian who was in the video just recorded it in Nashville for his upcoming Christmas uh, CD and he's a much better singer than I am I'm not a great <laughs> I can carry a tune if it's not too heavy you know but uh, yeah he's a much better singer, so 
Um, but yeah, thanks for asking about that. I, I won't know for a while if I got into that, but I think it, it the people who've seen it, I did have it on YouTube for a while, but I have to have it unlisted now because to submit it to festivals yeah, yeah. it has to be. But um, yeah, they really are moved by it. And a lot of times I post very comical stuff. And so people were a little surprised. Oh, I was expecting this comedic, and it's a nice, warm, moving video. Because I did one a few years ago called All I Want for Christmas is Some Sleep. And so we did a really funny <laughs> video for brilliant. that. So people were expecting another one of those, I think. And yeah. um, so they were like, oh, that was here. And I don't, you know, it's funny. People are like, was it autobiographical? You know, that, and I said, no, I still have a drinking problem. No, I, <laughs> I actually, um, it wasn't at all. I just, whatever the story comes to me and I write it. And I just took that, the Midnight Will Be Clear idea. Yeah. But that was a cool twist and there's some great lines in it like there's 12 steps he follows there are 12 days of christmas there's only one thing that saved him the love of jesus jesus or whatever so it's a very nice um kind of a message song but it's yeah so it's it's an yeah i'm i, I was happy we had a yeah. lot of fun doing that a lot of work but it was a lot of fun it's got a good message as well i definitely look forward to hearing it when it's been unlisted um please do you know send me the link and i'll share it with my my followers i think if I, you... yeah i think i think i can still yeah, send the link and people can still watch it. I yeah. just, it just has to be unlisted. So they just, if you type it in, you won't find it, but I think with the link. So I'll yeah, do that. Yeah, sure. Um, so as you mentioned, you're sort of also a musician. You kind of have like a musical talent. Um, so how come you wanted to pursue that path and not kind of the book writing or, or kind of uh, writing um, career, I guess? Well, I'm, I'm, it's funny. I don't consider myself a musician because I don't play instruments. And I'm like, I write the lyrics and I come up with melodies a lot of times, mm. but I always have someone else figure out the chords because I, I only know like seven chords. So at mm. some point, all the songs would sound the same. Um, I don't. So I, I my don't first know. level. <laughs> I don't know any. So you're, oh, doing, okay. be you're doing better than me. <laughs> But yeah, but that was my first thing. I loved writing songs for a long time. That's what I started out with. And um, and then I just I was doing a little bit of acting in New York and stuff, and I came out to California to do I thought more acting, but I ended up, you know, getting the idea for the Walk of My My Prada's movie, and I ended up writing that. And then just I got I never thought I would write a whole script or a whole book or a whole, um, but I've always loved writing, and I just got more and more into it. Mm. Um, and it's it takes a while to write a song, but a screenplay takes forever because it's like ninety to one hundred ten pages or whatever. So. Um, it's when I'm writing a script, I don't have time to really write songs, but I try to, you know, balance as much as I can. And, um, but, and I'm not, if I was a better singer, um, and I did play an instrument, I probably would have pursued more of a singer songwriter performer career. I mean, the video was, I sing in the video and stuff, but it's easier to sing in a studio than live, you know? Um, so as well as your book, as you just mentioned, you wrote the movie Walk a Mile in My Pradas, which is now available on Amazon Prime for anyone who wants to go and watch it. So for anybody who and it's free, and it's free for anybody who and does on Amazon Prime. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, what is the film about, and what inspired you to to kind of write it? The, the film is it's kind of. Sort of like Freaky Friday with a gay straight twist, but not really. They don't switch bodies. But um, a homophobic construction worker gets his um, sexual orientation switched thanks to some Christmas magic two weeks before his wedding. So mm. wow. the, the gay guy is now straight and the straight guy is now gay. And it's, it takes place during Christmas time. And um, Nathaniel Marston played the lead. Um, uh, the, the late Nathaniel Marston, unfortunately, he passed away a couple years ago. But oh, And... Um, 
Sarah is played by Kirsten Lee, who's from the UK, actually. And um, we had Tom Arnold play the boss of these guys. And Dee Wallace played the mother of the main character, mm. uh, Dee Wallace, from E.T. and Ujo and a lot of other great films. And um, and Bruce Valange plays himself, and he's very funny. So, yeah, it's kind of a fun movie, but again, it does have a nice message as well to be accepting of all people because the uh, guy who is homophobic is now turned gay and he has to go through what someone, you know, has to go through. So mm. he experiences the, you know, the bigotry and prejudice that he was giving to other people. So, yeah. so it is a comedy, though. It's, you know, it's, and it's a little bit silly at times, I know, but uh, some of the stuff. But then it has... And uh, Tom Arnold did a nice job in it, and um, well, everyone, everyone did, I think. But um, and uh, I play a small role, not a big role. I, I wrote and produced it, but I, I gave myself like a medium-sized role. I'm not. Mm. I don't need to be greedy. <laughs> 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 well, that's all the questions that I have for you today. Thank you very much for uh, taking part in the interview with me. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, one of these days, I'll make it to the UK. I haven't. I, I was there in high school. We went. When I was in high school band, I did play, I guess I did play an instrument. I played saxophone, but not very well. But our <laughs> high school band went to, a symphonic band went to a London, Leicester, and Bodmin to, I guess, do some playing there or something, and we stayed with mm. some family. So that was cool. But I would like to go back as an adult, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're ever, ever in the UK, do let me know, and, you know, we can meet up or, you know, go for a drink yeah. or whatever. Great. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. I want to say thank you so much to Rick for taking part in the interview with me. I really appreciate it. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Rick. Also check out his book Rainbow Relatives. I'll leave a link in the description of this episode. If you wish to subscribe to hear more from me, you can do so by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. Just search Amy Talks. You can also listen to past and future episodes on Mixcloud if that's your platform. Go to mixcloud.com slash amytalkspodcast. Until next time, bye!